I want to talk to you this morning about the covenant of faith. I want to talk about covenant. And those of you who read, uh, read the Thursday Thoughts, I thank you. One person sent a reply back. That was excellent. Um, but those of you who read my Thursday Thoughts this week was kind of saying, hey, I want to go down this road and speak about the Abrahamic covenant. And, um, and I said a couple of things about how God wants to bless you and bless the ancestors that flow through you. And I was talking to Jerusha. I love kids. Kids kind of, you know, my children are very, um, they say what they think. And Drew said, oh, you know, Dad, I read your Thursday thoughts, you know. You know, you're a little bit like one of those American prosperity preachers sometimes, Dad, you know. And, um, and I just thought, well, you know, um, if it comes across that way, too bad. But I really believe God is good. And I really believe God has unfathomable blessings for his church, which, which uh, flow through every area of life. That God is a covenant God. And if you notice in the scriptures from the beginning of creation, God develops covenant with mankind. So when I look at covenant, uh, it's quite a little tricky thing. It's probably a bit above my pay grade, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, so I want to lay a, a foundation to start with. And then I'll take it in a whole bunch of directions as we uh, do the journey over the next uh, few weeks. So God is a covenant God and covenant often is about a faith covenant. So what is a covenant? I will give you a legal description. A covenant is a binding agreement between parties who have clear responsibilities and obligations. So basically, a covenant is where a group of people, you know, come together and they, uh, I'll do this if you do that. And so God... And the Bible starts this thing called covenant on his journey, which begins with Adam and Eve at creation, where he says, you know what, guys, I'm providing this and this and this, and what you have to do is this, tend the garden and all these kinds of things. And, uh, but, you know, you can't do something. I don't want you to do that. And if you're agreeable, we're going to have a great old time together, and you're going to live under my favor and blessings in this place of paradise. So that was the beginning of covenant. Now, here's the thing that people don't understand about this thing that flows through Scripture about covenant, that often covenant has a connection with faith. James says that faith without works is dead. So now you can tell me you have faith, James says, but I can show you my faith via what I do. That yes, you can see faith, I believe, you'll hear it come out of my mouth, but there will be actions that prove my faith. And it's the same through the whole entirety of the Bible as God develops covenant in this obligation and responsibility contract. There is this thing on our side of the equation as those who are in relationship with him that we have to first believe what he's saying. We believe, we take hold of the covenant, we want to do the deal, but then there is our obligation to live out whatever that obligation is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So covenant is often, and pretty much right through, is this thing about, I believe you, God, I'm going to do the deal. Covenant is always a voluntary uh, commitment. He doesn't force you to come into covenant with him, but he wants you to agree with it, and there are responsibilities and obligations. You, if you are a believer, have done a deal with God, you have set up a covenant 
where God says, I'm going to do this and this and this. Here are all my promises for you. When you die, you're going to be saved. You know, and, and there are things that I'm doing to deal with right now during life. But your obligation and responsibility in contract with God, in covenant with God, is this thing about, I believe, I accept, I'm going to do the deal. And there must be an outworking in your life of that uh, deal with God. If there is no outworking, you are no longer fulfilling your obligation in your contract with God of covenant. You're not following your obligation. That's why James said, faith without works is dead. You with me? Right. Faith without works is dead. James said it. We go right back. Now, covenants. I want to give you a list of a number of covenants. Probably the major one that a lot of people understand is the marriage covenant. If you are a Christian, you go into covenant with another person as God as your witness and as the third person involved in that covenant of marriage. It's a very sacred thing. It's a lifetime uh, co uh, commitment that we make. And so that's covenant. You know, you, you say to your partner, oh, it's good, we've been talking to you guys about, you know, the deal. You're going to do the deal. How is that deal going to come out? What are you going to do to make the deal good? And also this fact that you are actually in relationship with God and you're also calling him to participate in covenant. Marriages often fall apart because the obligations and the responsibilities don't get taken care of. Alrighty-o. So, marriage is covenant. Creation uh, began with covenant. Noah, you build the boat, I'll save you. Covenant, the rainbow. You know, God sent that rainbow to say, hey, I'm not going to destroy the earth again that way. It's, a represent, it's, it's this proof in um, creation of God's covenant. Uh, Moses and the children of Israel, they, uh, it's called the covenant of the law. Uh, Moses goes and does a deal, uh, or God does a deal with the children of Israel. And they say, you guys do this, 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 this. And if you get into trouble and you make a mistake and you blow it, you know, then we want blood needs to be spilled of an animal and that will cover. So they, the, that's a covenant God made with the children of Israel. And Israel, if you note right through even now, that there are blessings that flow because of that Mosaic Moses covenant he made with Israel. Covenants last a lifetime. Covenants with God last beyond eternity. Your relationship and your covenant you've made with God does not just last now, but it is an eternal relationship with Him. I love what Kieran said, you know, we are passing through. You know, we are on a journey. A lot of us, you know, we don't really want to pass through too much, but here it is, you are going to die. That's how it is. Unless Jesus comes back, uh, you're going to die and you're going to transition death because of the covenant where you're going to inherit heaven. Hallelujah. That's why we shouldn't fear death. I'm not keen on dying just yet, I'm telling you. But don't fear it. It's a transition into eternity with him. Rodeo. He did a covenant with David. Uh, it's called the um, Messianic Covenant and the blessing of the kingship that God did a deal with um, David, King David, that David, if you follow my ways and your children follow my ways, uh, your line will lead Israel and then eventually a saviour will be born out of this covenant. So there's the uh, covenant with David. Uh, Jesus said when he came to the planet, 
He was the new covenant. So it says this in um, Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Understand, I'm laying a platform for you. You've got to understand that God is not kind of the Old Testament God and the New Testament God, that there is a kin- he's, not, he's not kind of a bad dude then and then he gets into the new and he becomes this transformed personality who's really, really good and really, really nice and loving. God has been consistent through history. God does not change. He is always the same. There is no shadow of turning in the Creator. That's why you can trust him. That's why you can rest on the fact that he's with you. You know, I love my wife. But sometimes, you know, even though I love her, maybe I don't quite show it. You know, but the truth is God does not change like me or you. Because there's no shadow of turning in him. Rightio. Uh, Luke twenty two twenty says, likewise, Jesus had just uh, got his troops together and he was about, uh, not long, he was going to go to the cross and he wanted to teach them some stuff that was going to uh, help them get through when he was gone. Luke twenty two twenty says, um, likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is the new deal. This is the new relationship I want to develop with you. Uh, This is the new agreement. Um, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Hebrews 12, 24 says, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to to the blood sprinkling that speaks better than the things... Better things than that of Abel. So Jesus came, he's talking covenant again, and he's saying, I'm I'm a new covenant, I'm a new deal. And then he relates it back to this thing called blood. And you see, the Mosaic law required blood to spill in order to cover sin. The new covenant is that the animals didn't need to die, that now, in fact, the Messiah, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, had been the one that shed the blood in order for you and I, when we fail, to uh, have a payment for our stupidity and our failings. Covenant. Jesus is the new covenant to cover sin. When you fail, when you do make mistakes, uh, and you do make some, You have a covenant with God that deals with your failure. Sometimes you've got to go to him and apply the covenant of God, forgive me. I thank you through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can find forgiveness. You understand what I'm saying? See, there's this consistency of God through scripture. Covenant God, covenant of faith. When you become a Christian, you must believe. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. The word saved is the Greek word sozo, which actually means now in this present life, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a life and into eternity. So it covers now and it is an eternal covenant. But the key to you acquiring or connecting is this belief. You've got to believe. And uh, you've got to outwork it. Because if you don't, your faith is dead, according to James. Right. Now I want to talk about the Abrahamic covenant. When did I start? I reckon 
The Abrahamic covenant is connected to the new covenant. This is the tricky bit. Jesus knew. I'll read you the Abrahamic covenant first. It's found in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through to 3. Abraham was uh, uh, in the land of Chaldeans. He'd left with his dad uh, on a journey uh, to the promised land, and they were in a place called Haran. And um, the Lord says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will bless you. Can I want you to understand? Stop being people who think God just wants to beat you up. God does covenant because there is blessing connected to covenant. And those who preach a Christian message that denies blessing need to shut their gods. God is a covenant God and he wants to bless. He's getting Abraham to do a deal, but he's got to believe. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That tail end and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. As in fact, a prophetic of the covenant with Jesus when he came, he flowed through that line. So this is this power of covenant from the old to connect and in fact help fulfill new and they're all still connected. You've got to understand, um, covenants either are fulfilled or are outworked or, or um, join in with the, with the next one. Rightio. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came to bring your life and life in abundance. Jesus is saying, hey dude, I'm the new covenant but the new covenant is connected to the old covenants and the blessings are meant to flow. Rightio. If you go to Galatians 3 verse 6 through to 9, as I say, we're just building a platform. What had happened was Jesus had been crucified. He'd left the dudes to run the church, to grow the church, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, and trouble had arisen. Trouble had arisen in the Galatian church because the Jews who were part of the Mosaic covenant, the covenant of blood and law, were trying to bring those in the new covenant under the Mosaic one, which actually had been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And the writer of Galatians is trying to say, dudes, you're not getting it. And so this is about people who don't get it. This is about people who don't understand what the covenant means. This is about people who need to have a greater understanding and revelation of what God has for you. I want to tell you, if you are a believer and you have been a Christian for a number of years, you should be going through moments of greater revelation because God is way bigger than you. And God is so immense that he can only give you a bit at a time that you can cope with. But as you grow and as you mature and as you demonstrate your faith, as you live out faith through works and you are obedient to what he tells you, then he has more for you. But it comes through revelation of God and revelation of his word. And I've got to tell you, the Abrahamic covenant for me at a moment in my life that I did not understand 
brought greater revelation and greater opportunity for me to honor God, to bless God, and to live out what I was meant to live out. It took a moment of greater revelation. Some of you this morning need to have your moment of greater revelation because you are stuck and you're not meant to be stuck. Because God has so much more for you, this God of blessing which flows into every area of your life. But your lack of revelation, or like Karen or somebody said this morning, about your inability to allow change to come, is stopping you of the goodness of God. Now you will note with Abraham, as Abraham begins in Genesis chapter 12 with this revelation of God, that you will note that there is a progression of revelation as Moses is obedient. Are you with me or am I... Am I getting too tricky? You must go through moments of revelation beyond salvation when you accept them. You must then learn and understand your relationship with this creator of the earth who is so immense and so amazing that has so much more to show you about the wonder. That's what heaven is like. Heaven is not you're going to go and play hearts and sing with the angels. Heaven is about living in the place and the realm where God can show us so much more of who he is. It is not defeat, friends. It is Graduation, I suppose. Like, but I'm not keen to go yet, Lord. Amen. Galatians says this. Correction. This is correction. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Abraham became righteous because he believed. You are righteous because you believe Jesus died for you. See, very, very faith. Verse 7, therefore know that not only those who are of faith, uh, therefore know that only those, sorry, who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Now the Jews had this big deal that they were the physical uh, descendant of Abraham, but Jesus came to show actually a true descendant of Abraham is somebody who has faith. So if you understand the scripture, what it's trying to say to you, if you are a believer, friend, you are now because of your faith under the descendancy of the father of faith, Abraham, and therefore you are able to inherit what God said way back at the beginning of the covenant he developed with Abraham that was fulfilling through Jesus Christ. Am I making sense? As I said, it's a bit of bubbly pay rate, but I'm giving it a go. <laughs> Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted for him for righteousness, therefore know that not only those who are of, so again, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture was seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, that's us, um, preach the gospel to Abraham. Do you want to understand what that means? The gospel when Jesus came wasn't actually something new that through history and through the covenant, the gospel had been preached to David and Moses and Abraham. It wasn't some idea that God suddenly came up with. There's this consistent aspect of the plans of God and um, the good news. Covenants are good news. Am I getting too enthusiastic? 
And the scripture foreseeing, verse 8, that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Through your faith, through your belief system, and we, as you've made that decision, as Abraham showed, as Abraham, see, Abraham came before the law. Abraham came way before the rules and the regs came out. And the development of a covenant of faith was so important that it has continued through history to now. And because you are a child of faith, you are meant to inherit whatever this means to be the blessings of Abraham. Three years later, Abraham's journey of faith, here is a moment of greater revelation. Moses begins, he's a, oh, sorry, Abraham begins, and he's obedient. He lives faith with works. He follows, he leaves the land of uh, the Chaldeans, and he ran, and then into the promised land. He had obedience. Now, Abraham was a bit dysfunctional too. See, some of you are quite dysfunctional, actually. Dysfunction doesn't matter if you are a person who tries to walk by faith. What do I mean by that? Yes, you should tidy your life up. Yes, you should try to live out what Jesus said, you know. But friend, you're a bit messed up. You know? Amy and Karen? I've got to pick on the other side. Terry and Marcus, how we know there? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, this is, this is what I want to get to, but I can't because I'm going to run out of time, but never mind. But I, 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 this dysfunction thing. Anyway, three years later, Genesis chapter 13, verse 2 says, Abraham was very rich in livestock and in silver and in gold. Three years later, he believes the covenant, he's been obedient, and the covenant begins to happen. This dude gets super blessed. This dude becomes unbelievably favored by God because the covenant lifts you above other people because the covenant then puts you in a place that is way beyond anybody else. It allows supernatural, it lets every good thing that God wants you to become and have Despite dysfunction, you will receive it. Now, four years later, so three years, then the following year, see, this is what I'm trying to say, this progression of God and your journey of faith and deeper revelation. The covenant starts to happen three years later. Uh, one year after that, Genesis 13, 14 through to 15, it is another moment of revelation. 14. And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated. See, he'd got to the promised land. He'd followed what God had said. Took him some of the things to sort out a little bit of while. But then he's positioned for greater revelation. And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated him. In the land of uh, Canaan, promised land. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and... Your descendants. Not just to Abraham, 
not just to the dude who had done the deal at Genesis chapter 12, who'd gone into covenant, but now the greater revelation was, friend, what you see, I'm going to give you. I want to show you stuff that's going to increase who you are, your influence, your power, your blessing, your representation of me, God. But this is so powerful now that it is going to reach down to your children. That it's going to reach down and become a generational thing. Because, friend, you believe me. This is what I want you to understand. If you are a believer, you are not only need to believe for you, you need to believe for the generations that are flowing out of you. Too many families are, are stuck And there are believers with family members who are stuck. And the covenant covers your children. Am I making sense? But friend, it is faith that allows the covenant to come to pass. If you will notice that what happens, that's why I said somewhere in my Thursday thoughts, you should read them, should send me a reply back. Is that... Genesis 12, 2 to Genesis 15 are so incredibly interesting. And I know there's a bit of, few chapters there. But it causes this progressive journey of the power of the covenant that was made at chapter 12. To the point where it hits Isaac. To the point where it hits Jacob. To the point where it even flows down into Joseph. And the fact of Joseph's life, out of a huge dysfunction... The covenant prevailed to this man becoming what God called him to be. Three to four generations later. Do you understand? God wants to take you to greater revelation. But if you are not here in faith, outworking as... as, uh, Abraham had to leave some stuff. But the power of the covenant and him following his obligations and responsibilities created something that was incredibly powerful. But you can't get there if you don't do what you need to do there. But when you do that and you get to there, there's more. To the point, I have been a parent I am still one. And man, when you watch your children and you watch them dysfunction, because we're a bit dysfunctional too, you can wonder where is God in this? You can wonder, oh God, you know, and friend, that's where you must understand the immense power of your belief in a covenant-making God who does not lie and who does not leave you. That as you understand it and as you make your stand for your family, five, ten, nine years ago, something like that, I don't know, I'm getting old, many years. And I've said it before. As I said, maybe 20 years ago, I had a revelation of the Abrahamic covenant. Eight years ago, roughly, my son, Zach, Izzy, and Bowen over there, Need to pray for Bowen anyway. Told me that we're going to go around Australia and be musicians and busk and live this lifestyle of cruise 
And me, I'm thinking, my God, are these three dysfunctional or what? And off they go. And about, I don't know, a year into it, I get a phone call from Izzy, absolutely excited. And you could hardly, he was so excited, I couldn't even hardly understand what he was saying. And God, and he says, Dad, I don't know what's happening, Dad, I don't know. He said, but I'm telling you, man, it's God blessing us. And um, they were not living fully as believers. In fact, there was dysfunction in what they were doing. I could tell a few stories about that. Bowen could. But here's the power of the covenant and of what God can do with your children. And eight years now down the track, all my kids, even though there's still a bit of dysfunction, are in this thing with him, doing their deal and watching him do the things in their lives. How good is that? Because God is a God who is of the covenant of faith. Hallelujah. See why I'm excited? So I really want to encourage those of you, you know, maybe you've got a few bonehead kids like Bo and Zach and Izzy. It's okay. They've got to do their journey. But you have the power through your belief and your standing on a covenant-making God, that he will get them and get them good. Hallelujah. And he still is able to bless despite dysfunction. And how do I know that's true? Go have a look in the mirror. I'm so encouraging. Hallelujah. So can we close our eyes? You know, Lord, I thank you that you have so much greater revelation, so much more to show who this God of the universe is and what, Lord, being in relationship with you and what simply by believing you and being obedient can achieve. I pray for those who are struggling in the place of where their children are at. Father, that there would come a sense of faith and trust and belief in you. And that God, uh, they would stand their ground and confess with their mouths who's really in control. And Lord, that we would see great changes in people's lives because we allow you to be at work. If you have not ever connected with God then he is simply a prayer away he wants to do a deal with you this morning he wants to do a covenant with you where he wants you to know who he is he wants to set you free from all whatever is causing your life strife and he wants you to realize man you've been making some dumb choices and he is but a prayer away so I'm going to pray a prayer that will help you connect with him And so I encourage us as a church and those who are listening to the stream just to follow me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the God of the covenant. You want to bless me. 
but you want me to leave behind the things that are causing me trouble. Please forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. And Lord, I want greater revelation of the covenant. And how through believing you, it can affect the generations around me. And touch my children. So today I make that decision. In Jesus' name. Amen.